Blog Talk Radio. I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You once again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know what you've done Hello, uh, good evening. Welcome to the NASCAR Stop Child Abuse Now Black Talk Radio Show. NASCA is the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. My name is Victoria Kelly, and I'm the co-host for the evening, but um, the host is uh, Dr. Nancy. Um, We are on scan number 3058. I'm excited to introduce you to our special guest this evening. However, first, we have a single purpose at NASCA to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, Emotional traumas and neglect, we do so with only two goals. One, educating the public, especially as related to helping society gets over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Again, we are scan number 3058 and if you'd like to be part of the panel please call 646-595-2118 and my co-host will meet you on the back line actually that's me if you'd like to ask a question or have anything to say love to have you join us and support our guests our guest this evening um let me make sure um can yeah, you hear me thank you victoria can you yes ma'am okay yes can, uh, thank you, you so race, much bio yeah yes. go ahead Thank you so much. I appreciate Uh it. Tonight's special guest is Anita Alford from Hattiesburg, a victim of sexual child abuse. Her friend's older brother, 18, molested her when she was nine years or about 10 years old. I didn't understand what was happening to me, she says, and I didn't know I needed to tell my parents. So she never did. I felt ashamed and I couldn't explain it. I didn't know about sex or private parts. Maybe my parents thought I was too young to understand. That was never discussed with us as children. Anita goes on. After my parents divorced, my mother was dating, and her boyfriend would come over with other male friends. 
I remember one of them attempting to try and to try to touch me inappropriately around age 12, and I ran from him. It made me uncomfortable, but I didn't know how to tell my mother. I felt afraid, confused, and ashamed. She held it inside for many, many years. I stuffed my emotions and suppressed them, which resulted in bad judgment, and I was raped in college. She was about 20, 21 years old. By not paying attention to the red flags, she goes on, the shame I felt made me uncomfortable with sex, even as an adult. I felt as a wife, it was more of my duty instead of sex being something God made for husband and wife to enjoy. Again, she didn't tell her mother. I was molested and raped until I was 44 years old because I was so ashamed. That is when my healing began. Anita is passing on what she has learned. My goal is preventative education being taught in structured environments, school, preschool, daycare, head start for children three to nine years old. I have written children's books to help educate children to be aware of inappropriate sexual advances and behavior from sexual predators. I mean, this, you know, this is a great topic to talk about tonight. Many times we don't know how to start these conversations. We don't know how to open up to children. You know, we don't want to expose them at an early age. But what happens when we don't talk about it, what happens to these children when we don't open up about this very important topic is they become vulnerable to predators. And so, um, Really looking forward to speaking to Miss Anita. Uh, again, we're on scan number 3058. If you'd like to call in, uh, Ms. Victoria, can you repeat that call in number again, please? Sure. The um, guest call in number is 646 595 2118. And we'd love to have you come on and be a part of our panel. And uh, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much, uh, Victoria. I mean, again, like we just finished saying, this is a very important topic. And a lot of times us parents don't know how to introduce this topic to our children. We're going to introduce Ms. Victoria. um, I'm sorry. We're going to introduce Ms. Victoria as our co-host. We're going to introduce Ms. Anita uh, and have her just tell us a little bit about the earlier stages of her childhood and then we will get into how we as parents and how we as advocates and how we as mentors and community uh, whatever it is that we're doing out here to try to save our children how we can open up these conversations in a healthy way where we don't feel that it is awkward Um, hi miss anita are you on the line hello Hi. Hi, Ms. Hi. You? Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I'm here. Good evening to everyone. Good evening. So happy to have you. It's such Thank a pleasure you. to hear from you. And, um, Thank you. you know, we just want to say that, you know, at, at the end of everything, we're sorry that you even had to experience that type of trauma at that level. Yes. Thank you. 
Thank you. We just want to say that. Um, And we are very grateful that you're opening up your story and you're sharing it with us to help educate and to help other people, other uh, parents, and others uh, and children who are currently going through it because this is happening every day. Yes. Yeah. If you can just tell us a little bit about how your childhood began, the earlier stages, the good part leading to this type of abuse, please. Okay. Okay. I first want to say no child is beyond becoming a victim. I do not care how much love there's been shown in the household because we're all susceptible to this abuse at some point. I grew up in a loving family. There was a lot of emotional love, physical love. We had things as children that we needed and wanted. You know, a very good household, although my parents and years later divorced. So parents cannot be um, in denial that, oh, that would never happen to my child because you don't know. But there was nothing in my household that would have caused me to become a victim. I can say that. We grew up in a God-loving household. There was respect and everything. But as children, we are around those who do have mental issues or problems, and we know in society there is a taboo when it comes to discussing mental issues. So good childhood. I was protected um, in every way as parents try to keep their children safe. But the thing is, your children are going to be around people that we don't know what their history is. We don't know how they came up. Some children go to daycares and they are molested. So there was no red flag in in my childhood that I'm sure my parents could see that would have caused a problem. So um, good childhood coming up, grade school. I graduated from high school as valedictorian, as salutatorian. I apologize of my class. Things were going very well, but still ended up as a victim of that molestation. So what, what we have to do is discuss this with our children. Sex is not a bad thing, but society has made it something that it should be not, that it, or that it should not be, okay? okay. Um, we have to discuss sex in a structured environment where your children can feel comfortable because the thing is if parents do not address this subject with their children, the world is going to teach them. Right. And we don't want them to be taught the way the world teaches it. So we have to be realistic honest and open to address this issue. Correct. Ms. Anita, thank you for that. That is very important. Um, I wanted to know, uh, I don't know how comfortable you feel with hearing the story of mm-hmm. how this began. Um, it says okay. that you were nine or ten years old. Yes. And you, and you didn't understand what was happening. Can you walk us through that day? Yes. I sure can. Um, As a typical child, I would go outside after school or on weekends and play with my friends. And one of those friends had um, older brothers. And I do not recall how I ended up in the house or the home with the older brother. And that's where I was molested. I did not understand what was happening. I did not know... um, 
what to say or what to do because I was totally caught, I want to say, off guard of what was going on. But it caused so much right. shame in me that I didn't know how to mention it to my parents. I didn't know what, what to say. Who was this kid? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Yes, who was this kid? Was he a family friend? No. Um, well, I would not say he was a family friend. He was just the brother of one of the neighborhood children. Okay. And we were, would be out just playing, and I don't know how I was coerced or how I ended up in the home with him. There was no one else in the home but he and I at the time because it was a small home, and I could you could basically see around in the home. I heard nothing, but I'm not sure if he um, offered me to come in, you know, candy or water or whatever, but I ended up in the home alone with him, and that's where the molestation occurred. So as a child, I don't know what red flags would be. You know, we're no. told don't talk to strangers, but you really have to sit down and talk to your children about things to look for. Right. He wasn't a stranger. You know? No, he was I mean, not a stranger at all. He was my, my friend's brother. And so I feel uh, like he was safe, I'm sure, as a child. Right. Right. Uh, Ms. Victoria, do you have any questions? I know we're in the early stage of the story. Um, I do want to know, like, you know, if you told anyone at all. I have a couple of questions, but um, okay. I want to talk to my co-host. Do you have any questions, Ms. Victoria? No, but I do have a comment um, because I know when I grew up, I'm 60, okay? When I grew up, we all got passed out this book called Stranger Danger, and it was a creepy old man lurking behind the bushes. And it probably was two sentences in there, watch out for strangers, they'll whatever, kidnap you or something. I don't know what it was. But mm-hmm. I just remember the cover of that thing. And a creepy man, you know, I was abused by a whole bunch of people throughout my life, um, much, much, much in childhood. And none of those abusers looked like that creepy old man behind the bushes, and none of them came out of the bushes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. oh, laugh, and it's not really laughing because it's sad as hell that we mm-hmm. were not told that and, and – uh, the first remembrance I had was of a neighbor guy. Okay, well, he's neighbor. Everybody knows the neighbor, you know, mm-hmm. like you said. You know, don't tell your kids not to talk to strangers. To me, talking to a stranger was when the cop came to the door and asked if I'd been touched by that neighbor. Well, he was a stranger, you know. <laughs> don't talk to a stranger. You know, yeah. so it, it can get real confusing for a kid, and I just happened to look on your page and just saw the, the cover of that book that you have, and I went, I made a comment on it, and I said, Boy, I wish I'd have yes. had this when I was a kid. Yeah. And so I just want to thank you. I I don't want to lead into, you know, you're going to talk about that, I'm sure, later. But just yes. the whole fact that kids are not getting this information at all. That's right. Yes. At all. You know, I didn't even know about my period or anything because I was raised by my grandmother, and they had a thing you had to sign to let your kid go to that. My grandma mm-hmm. said, you're not going to go and learn about that dirty stuff. You know, so I didn't uh-huh. know about I, I didn't even know nothing about it, you know. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. so I mean, it's it's so informative, you know, I've got people that, I mean, I don't want to, um, um, that was one question I was going to ask you too, when parents mm-hmm. would tell me, well, I want to keep my kids innocent, I don't want to talk about this, because I want to keep them innocent, um, um, 
So later on when you're talking about your book, maybe you could include that. I just want to make sure. sure I got that in before I forgot it, you know. But sure. I'm really glad that you came on, and, and I'm really sorry that happened to you. And Thank um, you. Thank I also wanted to you. point out, too, that, you know, you might not know how you got in that situation or whatever, but I think mm-hmm. that's what happens with a lot of us, that we yes. don't remember the whole exact story and whatever. And no. and then and for me, I doubted myself and my own story because I couldn't make all the pieces fit. You know, to get, so I'm glad yes. that you're, you're voicing the fact that you didn't know how you got in there. That to me means a lot because there's a lot of survivors that are really struggling with that part of it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you. you said that story because my, um, um, my bonus daughter and I were talking today and she was talking about trauma blocking and a lot mm-hmm. of people do that. Like you go through a traumatic experience and you block that out of your mind. It's a survival coping yes. mechanism. Right? Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's, That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So, some people can dissociate. Yeah, you might remember the real traumatic event, but you don't, might not remember the some of the other bits and pieces that happened, how you got away from them, how you got in, you know, in whatever. I mean, sometimes you can remember the small details and not the big trauma. You know, yeah. so it can come back in messed up pieces. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't come back at all, and I think it's just our mind protecting ourselves from what we just can't handle at the, at the time. Correct. Right. So Correct. I agree with Ms. Morgan. What's your thought, Ms. Anita? Okay. Could you repeat that? I could not quite hear you. No, I said uh, I completely agree with Ms. Victoria. That's a protective mechanism. What's your thought about that? I totally agree with her also because I suppressed how I was feeling. And, you know, some people can do what you call dissociate to try to forget about the traumatic experience or what happened. But you try to deal with it and things occur. But the thing is, as an innocent child, you don't know how to deal with it, except for you don't know what to say. And so for me, I think I went into a survivor mode. I felt guilty. Well, no, I didn't feel guilty. I just felt ashamed, and I knew something was not right. So I suppressed or stuffed those feelings, and it caused me as I got older to ignore red flags because of what had already happened to me. I didn't pay attention to that. And I'm thinking I was only trying to survive, trying to deal with what had happened to me in my own way. But you don't know how to deal with it. And that's why when you suppress those feelings and emotions, it can lead to dysfunctions in later life more than you know. That is so true. Those things come up. They come back up. And they could come up at the wrong time. Yes. So now can you walk us through, so you went through this, experience and I don't know mm-hmm. how much of this you've blocked from your mind because there's things from my abuse that I don't mm-hmm. really remember as far as little details go but some people there are things that they do remember as like if it was yesterday so mm-hmm. I'll ask you this like when that happened with this young boy how did he get you to even feel like did he force you or did he kind of coerce you and play house with you? Like, how did this even happen okay. to get to that okay. level? What I remember right before the incident actually occurred, there was just a lot of silence. He was not saying anything. And then I remember him setting me on his lap, 
and then he laid me across his lap. I don't remember him saying anything at all, nothing at all, and I can, right now I can visualize that, what happened. There was nothing said, and I only, I remember how he touched my clothes, and from there the molestation began. And um, it could be, too, that I also blocked some of what happened, Mm -hmm. you know, trying not to remember it. But I just know as a young child when it occurred, I felt so much ashamed, ashamed and shame, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. And that's why I said that we have to tell children, if someone tried to get you away, even if it's not the man in the bushes or stranger, they have to know those red flags. No, I can't go with you by myself. I can't be alone with you by myself. And so from that point forward, I was just overwhelmed with shame about things, but I was silent because I didn't know, I did. I was at a loss of words. I didn't know what to say about it. And it wasn't that I didn't think my mother would not believe me because I knew my parents loved me, but it's like, that was not right, but don't say anything about it at all. And that's why it's called the silent pandemic because the right. children don't know what to say and there's so much going on. It's, it's happening more frequently. You know, we have statistics, but I readily believe that it's occurring more frequently than we know because it's just underreported. Right. The children don't know what to say. Right. And sometimes, you know, people feel guilty because, let's say, some kids, they might like it, you know. Let's yes. remember that this is a sexual organ. You know, yes. it comes with a little perversion to it. And so you're like, okay, you know, the sneakiness of it, the, yes. the um, oh, that feeling might have felt good. And then mm-hmm. that adds even more guilt to the child, not knowing that uh, you were put in a really awkward position. And, yeah, you reacted in that natural manner, but you don't have to feel ashamed and guilty because you actually enjoy it. Let me ask yes. you, did you, did this happen again with the same person or did you shut down from it? Or what happened from that situation with this person? It did not happen again with the same person. It, it, it did not happen again, but it could be because we moved. We moved from okay. that area, and then that's when my parents had divorced. My mother was dating, and there were older men coming over with her boyfriend. And he, the incident it almost occurred again. He was very inappropriate with me, and it made me feel so uncomfortable. I remember what had already happened, and I got up and I ran, but I still did not know what to say to my mother. I did not mention it, but it made me very uncomfortable. Right. So this, who was this person? Was this person uh, somebody that she was dating, a new person in her life? No, it was her boyfriend's friend. They would come over, like we would have barbecues and, and different things, you know. Um, not just a party, but just friends over, and there would be drinks and everything. I was a mother's baby, and I wanted to stay right under my mother. And that could that could 
that could have come from what had already happened to me, but I just felt so safe with just being with her, although I knew my father loved me. So I stayed home that weekend with her. I was sitting in the living room watching TV while my mother was in the kitchen. They were Some were in the back cooking, and this older gentleman and I were in the front. And I would say he was in his later 30s. He was an adult, and he approached me while I was sitting in the chair. He took his hand and moved his hand towards my crouch area and was getting ready to touch me, and I jumped and I ran. I knew exactly what he was trying to do. There was no mistake about it. You had already experienced that. So yes. Now you knew. And this was an adult, you said? Yes, he was an adult because if it would have could have been reported that he was attempting to touch me inappropriately, I'm sure law enforcement could have gotten into it or, or something could have occurred. You know, they could have spoken with him about it, but I, I knew that it was totally inappropriate. I was older at that point, but still oh, a child. Right. How old were you, like 14, 13? How old were you? I was, I would say, let's see, March, I was 12, going on 13. I had started maturing mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had. And, you know, some children mature faster than others, you know, be, depending on the age, you know, right. that they are. But um, it it was just something that I just did not know how to handle. And so... Sex became something that made, when I thought about it, it was it was something that was uncomfortable to me. It made right. me ashamed. It was something like it was bad or dirty. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's not. It's what the things that happen in society is what cause children to feel that way about right. it. Yeah. And you're right. It's not that it's dirty, but the way no. that it was in you is very traumatic. Um, it, it's... Uh, you know, it was very perverted, the way that it was yes. introduced to you, right? Yes, that's right. But it was very perverted. That, yeah, it's not that there's nothing wrong with it, y'all, but mm-hmm. it's definitely wrong when it's introduced in that manner. That's right, because if we don't teach our children about it, society will. Oh, they will. Oh, yeah. They will. They will. That's uh, why as parents and teachers and educators, we have to let the children understand there is nothing bad about appropriate way if yeah. it's done the right way. Yeah, with consent. With consent. That's exactly right. Did you ever get to a place where you were able to talk to a friend or an adult, uh, somebody that you trusted about? these inappropriate things, or did you just keep it to yourself and keep it moving? I kept it to myself, and I kept it moving. I have a sister who is just one year older than I am. We grew up together. We're still very close to this day. Went to college together, graduated from nursing school together, but I still could not even mention it to her, to no Hmm. one. Right. Yes, I could not talk about it. And so once I got married, I finally mentioned it to my husband. Well, no, I went to college. I got raped, but see, I didn't see the red flags because I I had suppressed my feelings and did not want to, I actually did not want to think about what had happened. So I made bad decisions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. Um, you said you were raped and that I'm sorry to hear that. Before that happened, did you consensually ever date someone and then make the choice to, hey, 
happy. Okay, I'm going to enjoy this. This is going to be a good thing. Did you ever become uh, promiscuous or did you ever become uh, just maybe not even promiscuous but open to having a boyfriend and doing these things with him? Okay. I was not promiscuous because, let me tell you, the household that I came up in, it was very respectful. And to me, sex was something that you just didn't do to have fun. Mm -hmm. To me, my body was something that was private, and it was not to be just shared with anyone. So in high school, the first person that I slept with, I was young, Sex was not on my mind, but we know boys, when they get a certain age, that's what's on their mind, and I ended up sleeping with uh, my high school sweetheart. But, you know, mm-hmm. it was never on my mind. But it, mm-hmm. I was not having sex all the time. I mean, you know, it just occurred randomly, just every now right. and then. But then when I went off to college, I had the same standards, and I just could right. not sleep with anyone. And mm-hmm. so, you know, guys would say, you know how you're nice looking, you're fine, or you're beautiful. And I got to the point where I didn't want people looking at my body. I wanted them mm-hmm. to know that I was a person and I had a heart and I had a brain. There was more to me than just what I looked like. Right. That's what meant so much to me. Fortunately, ended up dating, well, not dating, Got with a football player, ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time, and I ended up getting raped. And I walked all the way back across campus alone. He was yeah. just like, you know, he pushed me aside after it happened. And then he called me when I got back to my dorm room and apologized and asked me if I made it back safely. But, you know, I said, my Wait goodness. Mm-hmm. Hold on. So how did you even end up in a situation with him now? You went, were you, like, going to prom? Like, what happened? No, I did not. I was in college, in nursing school, and, you know, as young people, young boys, he was a football player, they sneak, S-N-E-A-K, or slip girls into the dorm room. All of the guys do it. And so, you know, you want to have some private time to yourself, but for me, I just thought we were maybe going to go in and sit down in the room and watch TV like my dorm room was. It was still like I was just um, very innocent to the fact of what could happen to me. I just didn't think it could happen to me. And once we got in there, um, things started happening, you know, can, why don't you just sit here on the bed or take your shoes off or you can pull your shirt off. And I was like, no, I, 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 I don't want to do that. And he continued, and one thing led to another, and I didn't know how to get out of it. I said stop, but some people think when you say stop, that means continue. And one thing led to another. And, of course, I wasn't going to say anything because who's going to believe me? Why was I in the dorm room in the first place? He was a football player. He was a very good football player on the college team. He was in a um, fraternity, Omega Sci-Fi. Who's going to believe you? You went in there. What did you think was going to happen? But, you know, some of us are innocent to an extent because you trust people. You don't think that they would do things to you, you know, if you ask them to stop. But that's not – there were red flags, but I I totally ignored them, and I became a victim of that rape incident. 
Ms. Victoria, did you have a comment or do we have anybody else in the panel just in case someone wants to make a comment or ask a question? Ms. Victoria? Hey. Hello, Anita. Yeah, this is, and who is this that um, I just brought on? This is uh, Bob Eden from the Whitsunday Islands in Australia, and it's uh, about 11.30 in the Okay, and you've been listening for a while. I'm sorry we didn't get to you right away. Um, Do you have a comment that um, you'd like to share about the story? Well, um, what she's talking about? Yeah, for me, um, this is a, this is a story um, that I've heard thousands and thousands of times before, and I agree, it is a, a pandemic uh, within Western society. And um, how can I put it? I'm 70 now, but um, 20 years ago, I healed the wounds of my childhood. And um, one of the biggest realizations at that time was um, my healing was not complete until I was able to give my abusers. Because for me, where I'm coming from is we are all victims of victims. And if Hmm. you don't hand it back, you pass it on. And yeah, Mm -hmm. as a child, you know, as a child... Um, for me, the damage is done between the, you know, naught and seven years old, maybe ten years old. But mm-hmm. at that time, as a child, I was powerless. But by mm-hmm. doing the work, I realized that it was not my fault. Yeah. And there came a stage in my journey. My abuser, my primary abuser was my mum. Mm. And there there came a time in my own journey when, God, I hate you, Mum. You're always beating me. Why are you always beating me? I hate you, Mum. But you've got to love your Mum. You've only got one Mum. And it was that dichotomy that was tearing my soul apart. Mm. So with the guidance of John Bradshaw, may he rest in peace, I wrote a letter to Mum telling her my story about how I felt as a child growing up in our family. And, you know, it's a, I thought it was going to be a couple of pages, but it ended up being like war and peace. And I just wrote down, I hated it when you dangled me by the wrist and beat me with a carpet sweeper. I hated it when you did this. I hated it when you bashed me with a rolling pin. You know, and I just got it all out, got it all out, and then signed it. This is just my story. Mum, please tell me your story. And then, and to post that letter to Mum was probably the hardest thing I ever did. But eventually I got a letter back from Mum and she told me her story. And she was born in Germany in 1924 between the wars. Her dad was an alcoholic, her mum was a control freak. Her cousins were in the SS, although they were shot. And so, by her sharing her story, I gave, the light bulb went off. Yes, mum was doing a very, very bad. But all she could do 
was dumped on me what got dumped on her. So by sharing her story, I could move from a place of hate mm-hmm. through understanding back to love. And then about five years later, I contacted mum through a medium that told me things of the um, mum and I knew. And she said, uh, uh, Bobby, 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 I'm so glad you wrote that letter to me because I am now doing the same with my parents in the beyond. And so my realization is that we are all victims of victims. And if you mm-hmm. don't hand it back, you can And it is time for us to break the multi-generational cycle of abuse. Yes. Because this, this is not the way we were placed on this planet. We were placed on this planet to lift each other and embrace each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is my last state. For me, hurt people hurt people. And through their own dysfunctional upbringing, they expect to be punished. But the only way... For, for them to heal is for us to give them the extra love that they need to heal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow, that was okay, we, also have, we have another um, um, guest that was been waiting for a while to talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you, Bob. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Because a lot of times we don't get a chance to hear from the men. Uh, you know, there's so much shame just like... Uh, special guest mentioned earlier, there's so much shame surrounding abuse of any type. And so when somebody shares, like we honestly, we just want to tell you thank you for sharing. We're going to check in. Uh, We have someone else in the panel. We'll come back to you and uh, and get back to the story as well. Um, Who's the other uh, person? I'm um, I'm turning uh, Brittany's mic on. She said that she she had some comments. Okay, yes. Hi, Brittany. Thank you. Hi, Brittany. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, we hear you good. Yeah, we can hear you. Hi, how are you doing? Good, good evening. Thank you for joining us. What was your comment? Okay, uh, my comment was mainly um, uh, very insightful um, and very understanding about how, like, um, with the past, with the trauma, it still kind of correlates within, you know, becoming an adult, how, like, people still, like, disrespect within the family. Uh, Like, Thanksgiving's coming up tomorrow. I'm sure it's a big thing. And, like, it's a lot of anxiety for me, myself, and I, uh, being the black sheep and the stepchild, uh, because of all that, you know, I did do, go through my own piece of trauma. Um, and it, it really sucks right now because it feels as if, like, I am trying so hard to um, get, you know, make my own family environment, make it for myself, make shift it. But yet I really don't have that uh, structure to look up to or to ever even know how I should have been, you know what I mean, how it should work, but I'm, do, you know, doing the best I can, but without having that emotional supportive environment. So it's, 
very negative impact. Um, it's really hard to gain my grip and keep my grip. I feel like as if I'm losing it at times, and I'm just trying to restructure myself. So sometimes looking for that place and advice, you know, having insightful peers, it gives you hope. Well, thank you. I know that we have a special guest, but I just do want to let you know that, you know, a lot of us just feel like we're just making it sometimes that we're not doing so great. But I tell you what, if you're a survivor and you survived your original abuse, you are making it more than making it. You're doing fantastic because there's a lot of people that have not got to where we're at today. I said to throw that in there, and I also want to mention that um, tomorrow, depending on where you're at, um, I'm in uh, Minnesota Central Time. From 1 o'clock to 2.30, we have a Zoom support group. Um, on uh, If you go to nasca.org, N-A- I can't even talk. N-A-A-S-C-A.org, and the um, information for the Zoom um, peer support group is on there. And uh, yeah, your um, phone number is a 417 number. I think we spoke about a year ago. I was one with the daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I just want to let people know that if people are listening. It's every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. And our big thing is that we don't, you know, we don't stop because of holidays. And, you know, I was just telling somebody that um, when people say happy Thanksgiving to me, it's like polar opposite, happy and Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just got texts from my cousin. She's I'm, like, she's like oh, you should take care of yourself. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Anita, but I just I just wanted to get it no. in there that we're having that, that support That's tomorrow good. for, you know, I know that a lot of people um, have been telling me they're going to have trouble over the holidays, and, yeah. and we'll be there for the holidays. So I just want people to yeah. know. I, um, but I right. would, um, we could go back to letting you talk now. I'm sorry yeah. I didn't mean to yeah. do that whole interruption, and, but I did want to no, get it no, in. No. That was good. That yeah. was good because uh, this story, you know, as Miss Anita shared, and I want to say thank you to the uh, to the lady that just spoke and to, and was able right. to share. And we'll come back around yeah. to the panel. Um, but I want to mm-hmm. get back, we want to get back uh, to Miss Anita's story. And I think this is a very important topic to talk about, especially during the holidays. I mean, people are mm-hmm. not feeling happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas and all of this. People are really going through trauma, healing, and recovery. So now, yeah. Miss Anita, when you went through this rape, which is, this is a very big, very sensitive topic to talk about, Mm-hmm. Who did you tell? Did you tell anybody? No, I did not. Oh there was God. a still a lot of, a lot of shame. You don't. You yeah. don't say anything. I just felt a lot of shame. And then I felt like, who's going to believe me? Why you was said, I there in the first there, place? Like you said, right. Yes. Right. Yes. I understand. That's right. But, you know, my healing. But anybody be- who's listening. Mm-hmm. But for anybody who's listening, we want to remind them that even if you do go and you don't want to and you say no and you tell the person that that's not what you're looking to do, you're not wrong for being there. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, the person needs to learn no means no, and we need to teach our sons um, yes. and our daughters that no means no. And, it's, and, and any time you cross that line, because I do talk to my sons about this, when you cross that line, it's right, and there can be – very serious charges involved mm-hmm. for that type of attack. That's and abuse. right. 
And we have That's to teach right. them this because even though you felt that way, and I can relate, I felt that way. I've thought that before. Mm-hmm. No means no. And that does not mean that because you're there, you're fast, and you deserved it. And that's the problem. Yes. Right? You are yes. exactly right. Yes. Because that I is not. The other thing I didn't know either was that you could say uh-huh. no after after things started getting going, you know, that you could yes. change your mind. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you can change your mind, never, right? I never that's thought that. Right. And then I went to the Rape and Sexual Assault Center. And they said, rape is unwanted sex. And yes, you know what? Yes. It just hit me like a brick wall. Did I ever want that? <laughs> hit me like a brick wall. <laughs> because I had never felt I ever had a choice, you know? And, yes. and so, yeah, we need to redefine a lot of this for people. I agree. Yes. Right? Especially for young people. Yeah. Right. So, Ms. Anita, what, Ms. Anita, what, what would you say to that part of it? Um. No means no, and you're not fast. Now that you're in a different place today, looking back, mm-hmm. right, what would you say to your younger self or somebody listening? I would say to my younger self that I needed to be aware of other people. You know, when you go off to college, and what I mean is that when you go off to college, you don't know a person's background. You don't know what they've done, what their home life was like, or where what they came from as far as their family of origin. And you really need to think about the things that you're doing and try not to put yourself in a situation for something to happen to you. Never say, that cannot happen to me, mm. or that will not happen to me. Or Never that say that. Or don't say that you deserve that. No, or you were yes. in the wrong place and they won't believe me. Because what you said, yes. that hurt. Just hearing you say that, that was hurt. I was hurting for you. Yes, you are exactly right. That we have to tolerate that under we the do. thought that we deserve that. Now, did you tell anybody, a friend, anybody? Did you open no. up to anybody? No How was one. that holding that inside? This is why people take their lives and kill themselves. I How was, did you tell me that? I was I was burdened because when I finally told my mother, it was like a heavy load was lifted off of me. And I could breathe easier. And then, you know, that's when my healing began. So I recommend that everyone find someone to speak with about what has happened, someone that you have confidence in. You know, I really would recommend a professional, but some people remember now there's a a stigma in the middle health community. Uh, We don't talk about that. That's taboo. Find someone who you feel like you can confide in because you don't need to keep all that within. You don't need to suppress yeah, I was going to ask you, how did your mom, I mean, how did you approach it and how did your mom respond? I mean, what was her Oh, you know, my her goodness. Response? She could not yeah. believe it. She was hurt. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that I had yeah. not come to her out of all those years because, you know, my mother and I was very close. But it well, was there was so much shame in it that I just couldn't uh-huh. I couldn't I couldn't mention it. Yeah, I could not. But if I would have known well, that well, the sex well, was not well, a bad thing, but the act itself, yeah. the way it occurred, was what was bad, 
Right. Maybe I would have been able to mention it or to talk about it. So my healing began oh. once I did reveal it. How many years did you wait then? How many years? I was 44 years old when I told my mother. Um, it happened when yeah. I was around 9 or 10, the first molestation, and then uh-huh. I was raped in college between 20 and 21. Oh, so you just told her both about the same time? I did. About, yes, I did. And I had to oh, forgive those people. I was able to forgive mm-hmm. them and let yeah. it go. Right, right. And but, that's but what at helped first me. It was like, I just really wanted to point out, you know, I, I tell yes. people, you know, they go, well, I told one person and they blame me or whatever. I'm going to tell another person. You know, yes. and I said, you know, you're just telling somebody listens and understands. You know, that's just right. keep telling them. You know, but like you said, find a trusted person. But, you know, sometimes that we are going to respond in a loving care and they don't. And, yeah. and there are people that will. And that's why NASCAR, too. All of our yeah. numbers, my number, I'm the Minnesota ambassador for NASCAR. My number is on the web. There are many numbers in many states. It isn't in your state. There are other people when you could call on yeah. some people. Because, um, you know, uh, a lot of our family will not understand. Uh, yes, right. you know, especially around the holidays. You know, I also want to ask you because we're talking about educating children around the holidays. A lot of us are going to be around kids, you know. And, yeah. and you know, um, how do we get your book into our, our family members' kids' hands, you know? Oh, yes, yes. I am on Facebook. You can go in okay. as. Um, Anita Alford or Anita Bolton Alford, and okay. my Shopify website is listed on that website. My book, I'm going to just say, is not expensive because there are a lot of single parents out there who need this information for their children. You can order yeah. the book um, along with, I also have um, a large flip chart, a folder that can be used in daycares or preschool. I also have a jingle that goes along with the book, and I use the universal stop sign um, to help the children understand what stop means. So what so age group use, is the book for? It's for ages three to nine, but let me tell you, I was at a marketing event, and a, a young woman came up to me. She was an older lady. She has an autistic son that's 12 or 13. And she mm-hmm. just literally almost hugged my neck saying, this is what he needs. So, you know, yeah. we're looking at chronological age of three to nine, but we're not looking at it from the developmental standpoint with yeah. those numbers. So you know a lot your of child. that do not have that developmental standard That's anyway. That's right. As far as what we're talking about. Like I have a 12-year-old grandchild. And I mm-hmm. want to get the book, but the way I'm going to present it is, yeah, this is for this age group, but I know that you are around kids that are younger, so let's go through this together in case, you know. That's right. They, you know, and, and kind of put it on, like, you're the older kid if you see something happening, you know. Yes. Is, yes. That, a, is that a good idea? I just kind of hit my hit me when you said the age group. I thought, wait, my, my grandchild's 12. I don't want them to see nine years well, old. <laughs> Well, you know, two of my grandchildren are three and four, and a year ago when they were two and um, two and no two and four, my son thought they were molested, and they took the parents. They took them to the emergency room, and the ER physician uh-huh. checked them and mm-hmm. said, "No, everything is fine." But he told them, "Now is the time 
to start training them on when someone is being inappropriate with them. Right. That came right. from the ER physician. So, well, and my you know, daughter was a little, you know, she, we had this book, this book about bunnies and it, they had bathing suits on, you know, and, and that was the money book. I don't remember a whole lot about it, except it was money book and you don't touch, you know, bathing suits, yeah. whatever. So anyway, I don't know. I was working with better women, social assault movement, whatever. So I went over to my grandfather's house, my grandfather, grandmother raised me and, yeah. and my dad was like four. And my grandmother, and it was an innocent thing, just patted her on the butt, you know. I mean, that was, you know, mm-hmm. an innocent. But she turned around with her hands on her neck and said, Grandpa, don't touch my butt. That's my private part. He just looked yeah. at me like lightning bolts coming out of his eyes. And I said, you know what? I wish somebody had told me that when I was there. Really? At the time, and we left in a guy's car. I said, I'm really proud of you. And we're going to go home, and just went home at a nice evening. And, you know, I really wanted my daughter to know that I was proud of her, that, you know, she was able to stand up and, and say what she did to her grandpa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, right. they, can, they can go to my website, Andy and Allie Publishing, and okay. I have glow-in-the-dark armbands on that website for the children, the book, mm-hmm. No No Stop Spots, and the flip chart. And the book is very easy to comprehend for our children. It's something that they can grasp. My two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter, she loves the jingle, No No Stop Spots. She sings it all the time, and she's only two-and-a-half years old. And of does, course, she doesn't understand. Is there, like, a tune to it? Yes. Yes, there is a tune to it. It's wonderful. Oh, my gosh. Do you want to hear that? Okay, I had sent it in to – I'm sorry. I had sent it in to um, Bill for him um, to listen to. I was not sure if you all could get it um, on the program or not. But I will – of course – Let's see here if I can go ahead and let you all hear that. I hope you will be able to hear it well enough. Um, can we well, continue to talk? You could sing it too. You could sing it too. Okay. Well, I could sing it too. But you know what? The beat, it is so upbeat for the children. They're, they're, the music to it is something that they are really going, that they really enjoy, and it's very catchy. So I am getting that right now. I didn't know that you all did not have it, that it could be played. But if we could just continue to discuss some things, I'm going to play it for you all. Yeah, I'll put on, I will listen to you now. Okay. You're going to, um, you're going to, uh, work on putting the music together so we can hear in the meantime, you said? Yes, I am okay. working right, on so it now. Okay, I found this, sweetheart. What you got? I have it now if you all are ready to listen to it. Is that okay? Do I need to play it one more time, or was that okay? Oh, that was good. That was good. I, was I that good? <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, it's very catchy for the children. And so, you oh, know, we don't want to instill in them that this is something bad, but we, we have to train them. Right. So I mean, I'm currently, 
I would just say I'm currently trying to get it into um, the school system, preschool. Here in the local area where I live, there were two boys in um, in the primary grade school um, that they called um, engaging in sexual activity at school in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So this is really, really needed. Really needed in the structure. I work with a woman in Minnesota, missing uh, children in Minnesota, and she's got all kinds of um, different booklets and things and does actually go into schools in different settings. And I'm going to share this information with her, and I'm going to share your your information with her and back and forth so maybe you guys can get in contact with each other as well. That would be great. not just one area. We need to get, you know, this stuff out. Uh, when I yes, started in therapy, do. we had one lady that was in my support group that had started making dolls that were anatomically correct um, to do yes. with therapy. And she was a survivor of abuse. And that had, that had never been thought before, you know. So, I mean, really? we had just got to get our information together and join together with our common yes, cause. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Please give her my information, my email address, if you all have it, um, so she can yep. contact me because I would really, I really want to speak with her. I friended you as yeah. well, so on Facebook. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Victoria, when you get a chance, send me her face. Uh, actually, uh, the Facebook that I saw, it looks like a business page. It doesn't look like you could friend the person. Maybe I got the wrong one, Victoria. So when you get a chance, can you send me the link? Because the one that I oh yeah, um, I yeah, it was just like a regular uh, stagnation. I sent right. Bill my um, URLs on my website, and I sent him my email address also. That's Bill fine. Murray. Yeah, yeah that's so fine. Please. It's just, he's not, yeah, it's not, we normally, we try to, like, go in there and try to find it, too. So I just want to okay. make sure if she already found it, she'll send it to me. No worries. Okay, um, great. I want to I make sure, because we're getting closer, uh, you know, to the end. Almost. We have a good uh, 20, 30 minutes or so. But I want to make sure that, you know, we do have a few people on the panel. I don't know if anybody has a comment actually, that they would like to make. Actually, our other, our other two people dropped off, so it's actually just the three of us talking now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, but that's okay. Sorry they dropped these, off. Uh, they yeah, probably all these are um, yeah. archived, so, you know, um, make sure that you know the scan number and stuff because, you can let people know, Anita, that you know you did the okay. show, and yeah. um, that tell them the scan number, and we get we'll get a link up and uh, later on that okay. we can make sure they get if you want to share, you know, that you've been on Most our show. Definitely. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was great. And we'll we'll send you the link and a flyer, so we'll make sure okay. that's why Victoria to send me the the link to your page so I can make sure that I tag you when we do the post. Okay. But, um, so I just want to also, I want to say just thank you for being so brave. Um, you know, oh, people don't you. really realize how much it takes to revisit some of these stories uh, for, the, yes. for the better good of others. You're doing it to help other yes. people. And so we just want to just remind you, you know, we just want to say thank you. Uh, oh, you're and, so and welcome. Thank you for having like, me. Yeah, we don't take it lightly. And, you know, I think being a nurse, a registered nurse, and I currently still work in the um, field of um, psychiatric nursing, it has really opened my eyes to a lot of um, things because a lot of our patients that come in, 
that were victims of molestation, they are now predators or they have some type of other dysfunction. So people, society is going to have to understand your child might be a victim, but as they get older and become an adult, what kind of dysfunction are they going to have in their life? Yeah, right. As a result what of what happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's the name of your book? I'm sorry. What is the name of your book? No, no, stop spots. No, no, stop spots. <laughs> no, I like no, stop spots. S P O T S. And you know, every child in the world can understand what the stop sign means. Right. Yes. Yeah, I yes, it's I universal. Have I have buttons that say children should be seen, heard, and believed. Oh, <laughs> and nice. I them all, all the time. Yes. <laughs> oh, my, yeah. that's great. Yeah. yeah. That just gave me yeah. an idea. Yeah. That's great. Cool. I love it. <laughs> yes, I love indeed. When I well, that's what happens when we exchange information, you know, and the inf- you know, yeah. the information needs to be up there. And a lot of times when I started with the better sexual assault movement, everything was private. And oh, I'm the one that said that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Each other resources, the words, you know, because I've got to change a vocabulary out there. Yes, you know, that's right. Not that a sentence or a word or a phrase or an idea, you know. Yes. Plus exchange. Really exchange ideas. Well, you all are very much so appreciated. I'm going to become a supporter of NASCA, N-A-A-S-C-A, and I'm going to spread the word about um, NASCA also to others because there are more people out there than we know that have been affected. Right. Well, you're a NASCA family member. To say, you know, yes. well, the thing is that, you know, we didn't get to choose our original families, but we can choose to be an yes. F- family member. Doesn't mean just because you join this, you have to be a family member. You get to pick. <laughs> but You're you exactly be, right. You know. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So, yeah. Because they're and, big, and big family know, healthcare supporters. Yeah. And if you know yeah. anyone who has also been through abuse and they like to come and share their story, definitely just let us know about it as well. And let them know this is a safe space. A lot of us that are mm-hmm. on the panel and or are on the show, we've been through abuse as well. And so yeah. we definitely is no judgment. This is a judgment-free zone. Definitely. Yes, indeed, a judgment-free and zone. And it helps save lives. It helps save lives. Yes, it does. I mean, you heard some of the people that were listening to your testimony they started mm-hmm. to open up, and that's what happened. That's you know? right. That's right. We're the here purpose. to help each other. Yeah, that's the purpose. And we have, a, we have a lot of people on here that, that have um, come on for the first time and, and told their story on NASCA and have went on to do so many other things telling their story, but they got their start because we do understand that it's not hard, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. And no, uh, it's, it's not. very, very difficult. And we always tell people, you know, you share what you feel comfortable with. And even if somebody yes. asks you a question, you don't want to share it. It's your story. You know, somebody, something somebody told me in the very beginning, this is your story. You get to tell who you want when you want. And you don't have to tell people. That's you know, that, that's not the requirement. The, the best thing I tell people is, you know, 
if you choose to tell your story and help other people with it, that's great. But mm-hmm. the most important thing is you survive. And if you go that's on and, and live a happy life or do the things you want to do in life, you don't have to be out helping survivors. There's other people that are. And some are, haven't been busy, you know, but, but some yeah. people do want to go on further with sharing your story. But this is a place that, you know, is a safe place that w- that we, like, um, you know, Dr. Nancy was saying that, you know, non-judgmental and, and uh, we're totally understanding and, and we don't compare stories because yeah. um, all Each story is, is individual. Yeah. And, and none of it should ever happen, ever, That's to any right. child. You know, and so what we try to do is look at our commonalities rather than our differences. And I think one of the commonalities we have is our feelings, the scared, yeah, right. the you know, sad, the anger, the happiness, the joy. You know, we can we can all identify, maybe not at first, because I had, I didn't really understand what feelings we even were, you know. Mm-hmm. And I went mm-hmm. and started talking about my family, and they're going, you need to set boundaries. I'm like... Boundaries? What the hell's a boundary? Be assertive. What the hell's assertive? <laughs> That's right, but there has to be boundaries even within the family. Yeah. You know. Well, right. And our boundaries were don't tell anybody oh, what's going on in the family. Yes. That's what got the boundaries. But those were, those were, that was a um, like a guilt. They weren't bothered. They were, you know, themselves. <laughs> yes. Right, well, you know, I, the goal. Uh-huh. I was just going to say the goal is for this book to become a preventative educational resource. Like children who go into foster homes, okay. this is something that needs to be instituted in the program before they, they ever go into a home. They need to be trained on what to look for that's inappropriate. You know, because um, they're right. going out to people they don't know. So we've yeah. got to get it out there. But, you know, I have learned, and I don't understand why, but sometimes people will buy a video game for their child before they will buy something that's educational for them. And mm-hmm. so I, I think we just have totally to. violent and, and has a whole bunch of negative messages. But, yes. but I want to keep my kid innocent. And this is just, yeah, it's the thing those people would be. That's not going to happen, is it, in today's society? Well, that and it's not that I tell them it's not about keeping them innocent. It's about keeping them educated and informed to keep them Keep safe. them educated. But it has nothing That's to right. do with going out and telling them your sex life or anything, you know. That's right. <laughs> it's a very right. different thing we're talking can I, about here. Can I ask you a question, Miss Anita? Sorry. Yes. Not to interrupt yes. you guys now, But I wanted to get back to the last part of your story because we're almost done here. Mm-hmm. And at the end of your story, sorry to interrupt you all, but at the end of the story you said that um, you were molested and raped until you were 44 years old. Um, and I just wanted to make sure that we got a little bit of information on that for anyone listening. Like, um, I know we last talked about being raped around uh, your early 20s, so 20, 21 years old in college. But how did this cycle continue from that time, uh, from your childhood of being silent? How did this continue to, to cycle? And you know, Okay. Okay. Let me, let me clarify. It did not happen until the age of 44. 
Okay. It, no, there was this single isolated event of the molestation, and then there was um, the second attempt where the gentleman was being inappropriate with me, and then the third inappropriate incident was where I got raped, and that, that was the end of it. What happened was I suppressed those feelings, I kept silent, and I did not inform my mother until the age of 44. So it was not a continuous cycle. Mm-hmm. Thank God okay. it was not. Okay, so it was just never discussed until the age. That's right. And I was not healed because I was depressed. A lot of things went on in my life, and it really affected me. And But once I disclosed what had happened and began to talk about it, my healing process began. Okay, I'm glad I double checked on that. Yeah. Um, so that yes. that was. Yeah, um, I, also, I also want to talk about something else about uh, kids that are labeled bad, either getting diagnoses or labeled bad in school, and mm-hmm. um, they're victims of abuse, but of mm-hmm. course they're not telling anybody. And yes. um, my niece is a uh, school teacher in the Minneapolis Public Schools, and was telling me they've been trauma informed. Now the teachers all have, and so they're mm-hmm. starting more to talk. Kids, you know, with the pandemic, these kids have been locked yeah. in houses where there's been abuse. And the first mm-hmm. thing that happened to me when I heard that people weren't going to be able to go out was the first my fear was for children. And mm-hmm. then um, um, domestic abuse survivors, too, you know, that they're yeah. going to be locked in all this time with abusers who are losing their jobs, can't go out and drink in a bar, drinking at home. And they aren't going to be able to get out and get help. They're not involved in the community, nothing, mm-hmm. you know. So we got kids going back to school now that were isolated all that time and threatened even yes. more to not you know? And yes. so this really, really needs to be out there. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's like you right. try to wake people up. It right. does. I, I think it needs to be in the school. We teach everything else. It needs right. to be an environment, a structured environment where the children can feel comfortable with discussing it and with asking questions. Because mm-hmm. there are a lot of questions that they have that they don't understand, but we have to make them feel comfortable with talking about, you know, realistic and, issues and that they the face. Parents, that's the biggest part. This has been this has been talked about for so long, and, and schools have even said, "Yes, we're going to do it. Yes, we're going to do it." But when they try to get past the parents, you know, it, the they parents. don't want to. They don't want to they, do it. My and I don't understand why they do not. If I don't know. I, I, I don't understand that. I'm but maybe there needs to be more education for the parents. My, yeah, my kids are 37 and 40, from, and I try to fight it. Yeah. I think it just also comes from that fear of feeling like we're exposing them to this type of sexual, you know, uh, drama that's going on. Some of these kids, they're very innocent. And mm-hmm. really, some of these kids, they really are being exposed sometimes, but I'd rather be the one to expose them to protect them than yes. them learn like how we learned without that type of education. But it comes yes. from some of us have had hard childhoods that we want to give our children just childhood where they could be children. And it's a natural feeling as parents. We love our children and we want the mm-hmm. best for them. But just remember that it's better to be safe than sorry. And That's so let's right. be in control. Let's sit in the control seat and be in control of how they're being taught this information. That's right. right. And let's right. use wisdom 
because God deposited this book in my spirit. This is not my book. This is something that he gave me because I asked, what can I do to help others? And he said, let's get this information out there for the children. And it can be taught in a way that they can easily comprehend, accept it, and understand. So that's yeah, what like my, my mission is. When they were in school, you know, I knew they were going to be reading different books or whatever, and I always made sure that I read the books that my kids were reading. So I knew mm-hmm. what they were reading. You know, yeah. and maybe that's the way we can approach it. Say, here's the books, you know, um, why don't, you know, the teachers, PTA or whoever is the approval, you know, mm-hmm. let's get this book into their hand and say, okay, you read it and then let me know, you know. Um, yes. You know what I mean? How could we get this into the school or something? We've got to that, start at like, just individual to individual to individual, you know. Yes, to get we do. These things in. And, and there's a Community lot of Community mental health everywhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, child yeah. protective services, we've got to yeah. get it everywhere. Mm-hmm. We really do. I mean, when my daughter said, don't touch my body, that's my private part, Grandpa. I mean, I just went, my kid knows that's her private part. And when she grows yeah. up. And through her whole life, she knows that's her body, and she gets to have control over it. So this is not something that we're just saying just as this is for kids that might be abused. This is for adults and spirits, and, you know, all of us have spirits that that can be damaged. This is about all of them. Physical, Let's mental, educate before it happens. Let's educate so it doesn't happen. happen. Even if it doesn't happen their whole life, it is not going to hurt them. That's what we need to get them to understand. That's it's right. going to empower them. We need to empower children. We need to empower you know, them. They are our future. They had, on TV. they had a show on TV called Kids Are People Too. My grandma walked in because our TV was our babysitter. Walked in mm-hmm. and singing the song, Kids Are People Too. Walk a doo, walk a doo, walk a doo. We made yes. it small. We're not full grown, but we have problems of our own. Kids are people to walk the new walk. See how upbeat that is? And she walked yes. in there and she turned that TV off so fast. Oh. <laughs> you, cannot be, you cannot be thinking that. Kids are not. You know, because in, in her day, kids were not people. They were like, oh, my. You're not going to be be watching that. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, yes, during that oh, time yeah. when she came up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, well, yeah it was a second generation gap, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, the yeah. world has really changed because you could used to leave your door open and take a nap. Now you cannot do that. So things have really changed, well, you know. Even if my door was locked, my perpetrators were in the house. <laughs> you know? See. That's why they're going the to have to know. I'd rather have my doors open where I could run. <laughs> where you could run. Well, that's what you said earlier. It's not the person that's in the bushes. No. It can be uh-uh. someone right in the household yeah. with you that yeah. your parents trust. You know? Yeah, I never worried about the monsters under my bed. I worried about the monsters in my bed. Mm, my goodness. And those are real ones. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it went on until I was 21 when I finally escaped from my biological father with my daughter. And I'm yes. not going to tell you my story, but I've been on NASCAR before to tell my story. And, yes. um, yeah, it, it, you know, and I had the repressed memory so bad that I ended up having multiple personality disorder, which is dissociative identity disorder now. And I had 31, per- 31 personalities. My goodness. 
and I was in 13 years of intense therapy with a psychologist who must have been a saint. <laughs> I must have been... <laughs> I must have dropped an angel bomb, that's all I could say, because uh, um, even I missed a lot of therapy sessions because I spaced out for days, months sometimes, you know, and I missed sessions and she'd still see me (laughs) and I could call her all the time. It was, yeah, it was totally amazing. 13 years intense therapy and then I didn't have it anymore. Well, my goodness, that is just great. That's why we encourage people, seek help. Don't try to deal with it on your own. Get some help. Yeah. We understand. And there are a lot of survivors groups out there that with people that understand. And because I do agree with the the mental health labels and stuff. They can be helpful to get treatment if that's what you want. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, um, they, they can also not only trap us with people saying that we have that illness, but also we ourselves go, you know, I'm bipolar. No, you're not bipolar. You have diagnosis of bipolar. You're also, I'm a mother. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm mm-hmm. a you know, artist. I'm a writer. I'm a whole bunch of things. Because I yeah. used to think I was my diagnosis or I was a mm-hmm. victim. You know? Right. And that's all I describe right. myself as. Yeah. And we limit ourselves in our growth if, if we limit ourselves to just those labels. That's right. That is right. So I agree. The labels can be very, very difficult. The only reason I agree with, you know, giving anybody a diagnosis is so they can get help. Beyond that, yes. it can be mm-hmm. it can be very damaging. Yes, I Especially agree. People like me that they just keep adding them on and you can't get them off. <laughs> right. And that also makes people shut down. When yes. you give mm-hmm. labels, they make people shut down as well. That's why mm-hmm. a lot of people don't tell. That's why a lot of people yep. don't talk about it. That's right. Yep. You're exactly right. How many minutes right. do we have, Ms. Victoria? Now, ten no. minutes. I'm looking at okay. my laptop. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I used to tell everybody um, I was crazy. I used to tell everybody I was crazy all the time, you know. I'm crazy, I'm crazy. This one lady says, heard my story. She goes, no. you're not crazy. What was done to you was crazy. You were put in crazy yeah. situations, and you mm-hmm. reacted normally to all the craziness. Anybody yeah. would. With what yes. you went through, you know, and that was, right. then I stopped calling myself crazy, and I really stopped blaming myself oh, for good. my abuse because it went on until I was 21 with my biological father. I blamed myself until I met Bill Murray and talked to him mm-hmm. about it, you know, because mm-hmm. I think people think you meet meet this magical age of 18, and all of a sudden you <laughs> the wisdom falls on you, and you know how to escape, and you know how to stand up for yourself. You know what boundaries right. are, you know, that, you know, it's like, I just miss whatever I'm supposed to fall on me because I didn't escape till I was 21 with my daughter, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> and I blamed but myself know. until I met else. And then that, and when I talked on the the first Black Jack radio show, so much of that shame just left. What good. That yeah. is just, yeah. but I'm just so reaching out to others. Speaking. I'm so mm-hmm. proud of us for standing up and speaking up and raising awareness to this topic. I think it's just so important. And yes, it takes is. a lot of guts. It takes a lot of guts. Um, yes, it does. How, when did you start sharing your story, Ms. Amita? Let me see. I told my mother at the age of 44, um, about two years ago, and um, yes, two years ago in 2020, um, that's mm-hmm. when I had been praying and said, I want to do something to help. Someone, Father, you know, God, what can I do? And so that's when I began to just write. And the 
the pictures and everything, it's amazing how he worked. Just came to me, and it was on such a simplified, in such a simplified um, manner that it just really blew me out of the water. And this this is not me. I could not come up with a jingle. That's not me. So I know it's really going to help our children uh, because it's so easy to understand, and our children are smarter than we think, but we have to help, as I've been saying, educate and train them. We have to present it to them in the way that they can accept it and feel um, secure with discussing it. And right. so that's what he gave me, this information mm, in a simplified a manner. Like you said, the words in the jingle, I know I, I come up with stuff too, and I'm like, this is this is not from me. This is, you know, it's from me, but it's but it's really spiritually motivated yes. and inspired, inspired, I guess. Is the word I'm for, you know. Yes, right. yes. Mm-hmm. That's why I really look forward to the young lady you were saying that was going in the school, you know, and talking, yeah. because that's what I'm working on now. Now, the pandemic slowed me down because they were not allowing anyone to come in. Right. Oh yeah, you know, right. At that point, right. but um, that's that's not going to stop me because the need is still there. So I have to yeah. continue, you know, to well, try to get gonna, it out we're there. Gonna, we are going to help you get it out too, NASCA, because um, Great. you know, we are all looking for something to get into our areas, to get in, you know, to, to yeah. our kids' hands and our family members' hands and our neighbors' hands and our, you know, states' hands yeah. and our, you know, just on and on throughout the world because. You know, like I said, we got to start somewhere, and sometimes it's small. That's right. Um, found out and let's not wait to start. Community. We need to do. No. And, I mean, there there's other information mm-hmm. out there and resources, right. but let's just right. continue to persevere and get it on out there, you know, well, for the children. Well, get as much of the information as we can together and just say, look, there's all these things. Pick one. Just pick one. Do it. Just pick know? one. Just That's right. The resources are there. That's right. Right. But some of us have to be the ones that are going to collect it and get it out there. Like, you know, I get the the brochures, like a business card stuff. just found out now. I just moved to a new area where I can go and they've got this advisory committee. Mm-hmm. Children's mental health in the company I live in. And for yes. adult mental health. And I just yes. wrote to the lady today an email saying I want to get involved in that. Yes. You know? That's right. Me and too. it's for people that, that are consumers of the mental health system. And they're actually going to give you a stipend for being on this committee or one yes. of the committees. Great. You know, I'm like, I'll be on it for free. You'll come pay me that. <laughs> yes, because it's in your you heart to help. <laughs> yes. And other people's stuff, you know. So, yeah, right. I'll be, you know, I'll be a book and showing it around, sure. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. I have really enjoyed you yet. all tonight. Well, it, it really Minnesota has me also. Minnesota is one of the top for um, for sexual abuse and uh, domestic violence, anyway, and that's oh, where I'm from. Really, it's, we've got okay. Yeah, we've got a lot going on, um, and and you know, I'm, I'm one of them that posted. I even testified um, with the Congress on the conditions in the mental health hospital I was in. Yeah, in places I've been in, you know. I mean, okay. We well, just, I would like. But I would like for you ladies to state your name again um, so sure. uh, my, my friends Victor- can. Okay. My name is Victoria Kelly, and you can find me on the NASCA website under the ambassadors. Okay. I'm the Minnesota ambassador. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And ma'am? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. Did the other young lady on the phone with us? She's already gone. No, no. <laughs> I'm just talking so much to get a word in. I'm sorry, Dr. Nancy. <laughs> no, it's okay. Dr. Nancy. I was tasting, look, I'm cooking. Uh, I had you guys on mute. I'm tasting food. My mouth is full. I'm trying not to be rude. Well, no, I'm that's Dr. okay. Uh huh. I'm Dr. Nancy, and I'm um, Georgia ambassador. Okay. But um, we do a lot. Just um, we love, you know. Right now, the importance of advocacy, helping other children, helping other adults okay. through their recovery process. There's a lot of resources on the website. Yeah. On the NASA website, so we're just honored to serve. I and, am. you know, we're all under the same mission. We're really here to help those who don't have a voice start coming forward. Yes, and our children, right. that's right, who don't have a voice. They are our yeah, future, right. so we have really got to help them and look after them. That's right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we're we're proud of you. You did a great job tonight. Thank you. I think, and hats um, off to you ladies also for what you do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we do, have, we do have an area for books on uh, the, the website as well. And okay. um, we have um, one area that um, prevention of child abuse, and I'm giving a lot of parents that information as well because okay. we need a lot of people in recovery. I've got 30 pictures. Well, really, all okay. I've got this moment. That's all I can have, you know. Uh, sure. i got this moment. <laughs> And anyway, that's all, that's enough to handle that thing for me. So yeah, I do one moment at a time. I'm trying to stay in the moment. Yeah. But anyway, you know, I meet a lot of survivors, and I meet a lot of parents that that are in recovery that are trying to make their children's lives better. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm in contact with a lot of people that way too. And oh, that's um, great. you know, everybody knows I talk about abuse all the time, about my childhood abuse, about. Um, my adult abuse and, you know, mm-hmm. domestic violence and being used to prostitution and all this stuff. So I've got people coming to me. And I've also got people yeah. coming to me, when are you going to quit talking about abuse and your story? And I said, I'll tell you when. And mm-hmm. they lean in because I can't wait to hear when I'm going to shut up. And I, yeah. I said, well, I said, as soon as nobody comes up to me after the meeting, during the week, calls me on the, on the line, I'm on the phone list, or comes up to me in the next meeting and says, Nobody's ever, nobody's talking about this, and this is why I keep going out and drinking, or you as mm-hmm. that's, that's when I'll quit. Oh, by yeah. the way, People if that doesn't alone. happen, I said, mm-hmm. and then if that doesn't happen, that stops happening. I said, you know, and I help all the people that are coming. That are coming to me. I said, then then the, my next step will be I'll quit talking as soon as there's no more children being hurt in the world. And they like, oh, mm-hmm. Bob, really right. I was going to tell them. I want to say something. I want to say something. A lot of times, um, you know, when we have people around us, we're the oddballs. We're the only Mm -hmm. ones who have experienced that. And so our ministry is very, very, very um, narrow. It's not a lot of people in our circle that can relate to us. And that's why we have created our own circles, right, Mm -hmm. to support Mm -hmm. ourselves, to support each other, and to support those new people Mm -hmm that are starting to come forward or that, you know, to prevent them from taking their lives. You know, suicide is is just, you know, the numbers are out of this world. And it really comes from people feeling like they're suffering in silence. Yeah. I think we have too many times because it just said, no, it said less than a minute. It just said said we have 60 seconds left. No, we have 60 seconds left because 
the, the end song is going to be playing in the second year. All right. But, so, um, okay, we will so how can people find you and find your book? Let's just put two Okay. There. All right. I'm going to start out with um, the website that they can go to. It's called Andy and Allie Publishing. Okay, um, andinallypublishing.com, and it would take them to the website where they can purchase one of the products. Um, I want to encourage parents because um, this is something that needs to be done. Okay, our children are our future. And so I look forward. Um, my phone number is also listed um, on my website. They can go to it. It is a business website. My contact information, my website, email address. Thank well, you. thank you. Thank God you. Bless. God bless.